Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, well, thank you, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, and I'm very excited to have Jeff Rummer on the program today, and I'll tell you why. Um, Jeff and I have worked together for a long time now, and I'll give you a little bit more history to our relationship with Medtronic, but Jeff has been a guest uh, or a listener of the program and has been giving me feedback about the sessions that he's been tuning into and some really great ideas uh, that we have incorporated into these new episodes. So, Jeff, you have made the transition from listener to guest, and welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's exciting to be here. Well, it's uh, we got a lot to cover today, and um, you guys represent one of those transformational stories. You know, a lot of companies, especially in Silicon Valley, where we're headquartered, you have a lot of tech companies, and they were kind of born and raised on the adoption of marketing technology. But Medtronic, uh, formerly Covidian, which is you know, a company that's been around for a long time, generates billions of dollars, and really. All of your business growth was generated through your sales team. And when we started working with you guys seven years ago, that's how business was generated. You had a a really large sales force out there calling on doctors and hospitals. And it was all just the traditional way that companies generate business and generate revenue. And I remember getting a call uh, from you guys. You were just about to deploy Salesforce. And you were talking with Oracle about their marketing automation platform, Eloqua. And they said, who should we talk to about launching this application and stitching these tools together and helping us transform into a digital marketing organization? And I was really grateful that uh, they recommended us. And I remember the very first parts of the engagement before you got there was all about workshops. It was all about educating the marketing team about what life was going to be like down the road. So really fond memories of putting those workshops together with my team and everybody's sitting there with eyes wide open because all of your content had been data sheets and spec sheets and uh, information about the products, not really demand generation content and concepts of, of lead management were, were different. So really great uh, journey that we've taken together, so much that we'll talk about uh, today. Let's start off, though, Jeff, since you have been a very active listener on the program and given me a lot of great suggestions, what have been some of your favorite episodes? If someone was just tuning in today and was to maybe go back and listen in, what would you what would you recommend to them? Yeah, great question. Um, when, when I think about what you've had from an episode perspective, it, it spans some great thought leaders um, from tech startups and, and some of our technology partners that we even use. Um, and then some great practitioners. And so, you know, looking back, uh, one of my favorites that really kind of hooked me on uh, the podcast itself was the uh, John Barra of Mentigo conversation around are today's marketers tomorrow's CEOs. And, and I think that was a, it was a really compelling conversation. And, you know, going down the list, we've had uh, some podcasts from Randy Frisch with Uberflip. Um, it was interesting to hear that one because we are – a user of their platform and um, some of the ways that he talked about the way that the platform could be used uh, were, were, were even different just to hear him talk about it than what we'd heard and were doing. Um, and so it was interesting to hear him talk and then change 
some of our uh, application and, and use cases for Uberflip. Uh, literally, right after listening to the episode, I came back in and talked to our admin for that, and she's like, I never thought about that. Um, and then, you know, staying current with things like the new demand unit waterfall with Terry and Carrie from Serious Decisions, uh, Scott Brinker and uh, the podcast she had with him, and uh, Matt Sweezy, oh my gosh, uh, I think uh, we talked a little bit about that episode uh, offline, and he he could go for a long time and is always entertaining and enlightening to listen to. So it's it's uh, if I was to recommend, uh, I'd say flip through all of them, um, and you'll find some gold in there. Well, appreciate the feedback again. Not not Jeff has not only been uh, you know contributing into maybe who to have on the program, but just really the format of the program as well. And today we're going to go again commercial free just so that Jeff and I can riff on some topics that we're both very passionate about. But I should say to all of you listening in, you know, it's a very close community that we are um, all a part of. And so if you have ideas for people for me to have on the program, if you want to be on the program, um, or suggestions to the format, just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm really easy to find there, David Lewis. Uh, Jeff, I've worked so hard on my SEO that, do you know, if you type David Lewis marketing, I think I'm number one on, on Google. So that was not the I case. Believe it. It was not the case years ago. But um, I really am open to the feedback that you guys have and suggestions. So thank you again, uh, Jeff. Let's talk about hero, the word hero. Um, because, you know, when I started the company, the mission of the company was to make marketing heroes. And I talked a couple times this week to some folks about why that is the mission of the company. And having walked in the shoes of our clients, I know how challenging marketing is and how that you often feel underappreciated. You're called the arts and crafts department, you know, the, the not very understood often part of an organization, especially a company like Medtronic with your history and what marketing, the role that marketing played. Do you feel, Jeff, like a hero at your organization uh, that's part one, and and bolt on to that. When you do, why is that? And when you don't, why is that? Yeah, the I think the concept of hero. Uh, looking back at just the content marketing in our space over the past five to eight years has been quite a, a recurring theme. And, and when you when you when I, when I think about hero, uh, there's kind of two pieces to it. One is internal. You know, are we being recognized? Uh, is making a difference in in the company, uh, making marketing matter most, and, and and I think that when we when we my team feels that way, uh, it's when we have a real clear clear sense of um, a the impact that we're making, and, and that doesn't always necessarily equal leads in our business because we have so many folks that it's recurring revenue, it's uh, extending upsell, cross sell across product lines, um, but we have that clarity of we came alongside sales um, and helped partner across our marketing uh, function to deliver this, you know, integrated experience and all of the metrics that it generated from emails to ads to Salesforce, et cetera, all added up to something where leadership says that worked well. And and when it works well here, uh, I would say that's not a marketing ops did an amazing job. Uh, Justice League's coming out uh, next month. And I think that when you look at kind of the new emerging heroes in organizations like Medtronic, 
it's not a single function. It's when you have four or five functions working together uh, seamlessly to deliver something bigger than any of them could do individually. And so, so when I think individually from an internal perspective on what Hero looks like, that's what it looks like here at Medtronic. And, and we're seeing that more and more um, in, the, in the campaigns and initiatives that we're getting brought into, uh, especially with the shift to ABM, uh, which is a really big initiative for us right now. I think that you flip that around and, and, and we're also kind of going into this submission season for the awards, whether it's for Sirius or the marketing automation platforms or others, that end of year, early next year is when everybody should have those metrics dialed in. And it's a, a lot of times I feel like it's hard to, to switch um, from that quality that, that good marketers have of kind of a little bit of dissatisfaction. You're a change agent there's always better. There's always the thing I wish I could have done, but didn't have time or budget or uh, capacity to handle. And, and switching that off and going into, you know, celebrate what we did well that was better than last time. And, and I think sometimes that's a challenge. Uh, it, it, it's a little bit of kind of an imposter syndrome where you, if you don't turn that off, it's hard to put the right story forward in those submissions and, 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 and see the successes through a third party's eyes. Um, so, so just a couple thoughts there. Yeah, it's, you know, whether you're sales or whether you're marketing, I think, you know, the challenge is, is somewhat similar and, and sales is so transactional, right? If you're a sales rep and you've got a quota, you are measured every, every week, every month against Mm -hmm. that quota. So let's not forget that, you know, well, sales, um, does get a lot more attribution to revenue inside the company, um, they also are on the same level of scrutiny and performance um, in their role. We we in marketing have gone through such a massive transformation, especially the last ten years, and continue to. You know, one of the things that I've been really proud of Medtronic and watching, and for you folks listening in, I mean, this is a very large company, like you know, gigantic cruise ship type uh, organization, and then changing and pivoting. Um, not only takes a little bit while, but it really takes leadership to move in a different direction. And Jeff and the team there have gone from where they were to where they are, not overnight. It was a multi-year journey, um, getting people to use and adopt CRM, um, getting people to, across your organization, hundreds of people on the marketing team to use and adopt the various marketing tools. And you guys have, you know, I don't think there was a marketing operations title in the beginning. And now you're the, you know, global director of marketing operations, you know, running and responsible for the whole stack. When you, when you, Look back at, I've asked this question uh, of a few guests. When you look back uh, over, let's just say, the last couple years, what advice would you have for your former self um, in terms of bringing about change in the organization? Great question. The former self, I mean, I've been here for almost five years, and um, I think that patience is a good uh, bit of advice for anybody in a change role, especially in a large enterprise um, and and building relationships uh, it, it's it's easy to see um, even kind of looking back at the uh, the imposter syndrome and the hero question is it's easy to see one person that want that was the lead on a campaign uh, or you know Jeff you're on this podcast uh, there are so many folks involved in in the success of marketing ops um, that building those relationships across functions would be something I would I would tell my 
earlier self, double down on that early and often. Um, when when you look at an enterprise like ours, I mean, not only um, so real quick on Medtronic. So our group was acquired into Medtronic through acquisition. We were the former Covidian business, and now we're one of four business groups within Medtronic. And uh, just our business group itself, you know, there's hundreds of marketers uh, at the global and regional level that our team was supporting. Um, so creating change there was was quite significant. Um, fortunately, you highlighted it. We've had great leadership uh, providing coverage for that, uh, be it Vince, our VP for marketing ops, Chris Wagner, our VP for commercial operations, both major advocates of change. Uh, but even on up the, up the chain to uh, presidents in the company advocating and saying, yeah, I, I believe that marketing is changing and we need to invest in that. Um, and those the relationships that were formed to to enable uh, that change to happen and for the leadership to have the buy-in um, to support that change over the past seven years is is quite significant. So, you know, if I was to say be patient, it's a big org, um, and build relationships because uh, you're not going to get things done on your own. Great advice. I would bolt on to that, you know, be confident. I was just talking with someone. We had this uh, our very first inaugural marketing leadership exchange uh, yesterday, and we, in fact, invited uh, Vince out to it. He couldn't make it. Uh, but one of the folks, one of the members of, of the group, a uh, client of ours, Global, like you guys, one of the things that she said was, you know, I've been with the organization a while, and marketing's been viewed a certain way, and now we're deploying these tools and technologies. And one of the challenges she faces is rebranding marketing from what they were mm. to what they are going to be. And, you know, making some really big bets. I mean, these, the tools themselves are big expenses, right? And then to grow yep. your organization and say, I'm going to hire all these new roles, all these new people that have never existed in the marketing department and just transforming a budget from year one to the next year and all these new line items of expenses and investments, we were talking about just being confident and like you said, being patient, it's a journey. We all use that term because we all feel it at some point that we're on this this journey uh, together. And everybody's at different stages of it. And you guys are a heck of a lot farther along. But I remember talking to Michael Veneer years ago. And, and you know, there was a lot of excitement around all the change that was happening. But, of course, everybody was nervous. And you mentioned that imposter syndrome, right? You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in, in what you're doing. You brought up, Jeff, sure. uh, ABM. So... Um, when you guys got started, right, and I'm not saying you're necessarily moving away from it, Daniel Day on the last episode of Demand Gen Radio talked about his movement away from um, kind of the, the funnel mindset to an ABM mindset. Um, you guys have put in everything around lead management. You have truly operationalized the demand funnel. You've got lead scoring. You've got lead nurturing. You've got all the taxonomy. You've got phenomenal alignment between sales and marketing. And now the three-letter acronym ABM, starting to bring about change and, and adopting and operationalizing that model. I mean, you guys have always been ABM-centric in terms of your strategy, but now you're going to be operationalizing that. Talk about that. Yeah, um, I think that it's generous of you to say we've always been ABM-centric. Uh, with all the writing coming out, I think that anybody in a B2B space, you could say, has always been ABM-centric just by the nature of the business. Um, but I, I think that one of the things that uh, is why ABM is so hot is that most of the companies aren't, haven't been operating in a true to an account perspective. And, and when you look at things like the demand waterfall and leads, um, 
it, it gets to be challenging. And I think it was one of the things over the, the five years that I've been here uh, that we've really evolved a lot on is you, you buy a marketing automation platform, you buy uh, a Salesforce automation platform, and the promise of those things is kind of built around, uh, you know, hey, here's this you know progression and you can see all these changes and transformations. But when you look at our business, back to my comment earlier, it's, it's so much cross-sell, upsell. There's not a hospital in the U.S. that we don't do business with in some way, shape, or form. And so we're not out trying to do content marketing to make people more aware of us as a company. It's, it's so product-specific, and that product-specific um, campaign messaging has to move more towards that account centricity where uh, we're aware of uh, the contract situation that's going on at that account, uh, both for us and our competitors. Uh, we're aware of the needs that account, uh, both from a clinical perspective of what problem our product is solving, but also from an economic perspective. The healthcare industry has been changing very rapidly and very dramatically, and it's no longer just about, hey, I can provide a better clinical outcome, but it has to be coupled with the economic benefits for the hospital to help uh, with solutioning the rising cost of healthcare, um, so it, it is a challenge for us. Uh, and our team r- recently just shifted uh, from being kind of a demand center generic to more of a very um, intentionally account centric demand center. Where uh, my team is now focused on. Uh, from like a serious decisions definition of account-based marketing, the industry ABM, where we're chasing uh, some of the more uh, niche or specialty spaces. And my counterpart, Michael Veneer's team is chasing uh, some of our more key accounts, A and B accounts. And so we've got a, a pretty complex account segmentation model we're building uh, and working around how do we kind of shift not only our team, but the way the business thinks about going to market and marketing uh, to really kind of go, how do we start with account and not kind of end up at the account mm-hmm. uh, from a, a strategy perspective? We're going to see you on stage next year winning the ROI award. Want to make a prediction? I'd like to say, yeah, we've uh, been a finalist two of the past three years in different categories for Sirius um, and uh, appreciate their partnership. Um, at the same time, uh, it, it, partners like Sirius, uh, they, they help accelerate some things. And um, when you look at best practices, uh, specifically for healthcare in our business, it, it's always a challenge because um, it's, it's never take it off the shelf and, and implement it. Um, so uh, trying to figure out how to apply those things and, and then tell our story um, from our adaption of a serious model back into their model to win an award um, is, is a challenge that we face. Well, I'm rooting for you. As you know, I think you guys have done <laughs> a great it. job. You guys have certainly finalized it. You're like the Leonardo of, of serious decisions. You will, you will get that award someday. I have no doubt cause you guys are, are crushing it. Um, you mentioned Uberflip before. There's a lot of different tools yeah. in your stack. And I love the fact Jeff, that you will pilot and fail fast. You are willing to try new technologies and see what works. Um, and, and pilot those or do a, a proof of concept and then um, move it. Todd was with me up in at the PFL conference, and we were both speaking yep. up there, and he talked about the use of, of PFL and print-on-demand. And as you know, I've had them on 
uh, demand gen radio. But very cool, very innovative. Let's talk about that for a moment. So for those of you folks who don't know, Medtronic makes lots of different products. And um, help me out, Jeff, with what's the name of the product that I I, I want to I don't want to give it a different brand name out there, but I'm comparing it to well-known brands. But the uh, what's the name of that product that adults use for urinary issues? Uh, our incontinence product. There you go. So yeah, inc- those those were recently divested, so that's not uh, part of our portfolio anymore. No more? Okay. But, no, but it was a big piece of our uh, PSL programs that we were running, yeah. Yeah, very cool. People could come online and they could uh, request a free trial and have the product sent to them. And you guys were not only doing that send, but um, using custom print pieces with Google Maps on them of where they could buy the product locally. So not just doing print on demand, but doing personalization and uh, very cool story. Didn't know you divested of that product, but great um, great use of tech. And you mentioned Uberflip. We're, we just deployed Uberflip this year as well, and we're rolling out the sales enablement tools. What else is in your stack these days that uh, you can talk about? Uh, we have a lot. Um, we, we probably can't talk too much about them because we're not supposed to make too many endorsements, and I've already stepped across that line in terms of a couple. But um, the we, we've got we've got pretty much everything from uh, a couple of ABM providers uh, to marketing automation. We just did the series decisions um, technology uh, audit assessment, and um, there's just a couple categories that we're working to fill in um, around. Uh, multi-channel attribution, and we've got a, a really strong finalist there. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting them in here by the end of the year. Um, and then a couple of other enhancements. Uh, I, I think that when I think about technology, uh, the the thing, it, this is going to sound weird, but uh, it was some marriage advice that I got from a mentor. Uh, he said, uh, in marriages, um, the thing that you need to know is never always and never, never. Um, and I think that applies also to technology in the sense that never say this will always work and never say this will never work um, because neither of those uh, absolutes are true. Uh, Given the rapid evolution of marketing technology that Scott Brinker has been documenting um, and, and the way that even your internal systems change, uh, if you think and start putting uh, your stakes too deep in the ground uh, with any vendor or any solution, uh, you're probably going to end up, stuck with something and, and you highlighted it earlier is the ability to be nimble. I think Matt said it on, on y'all's podcast was he's starting to see folks spin up these kind of little uh, mini stacks, if you will, where they're kind of live testing uh, what could be next uh, in a low risk environment. And um, I, I heard that on, on a show and I was like, gosh, that'd be really awesome. So I went to Vince and I was like, Vince, you think this could be something that might be fitting into some planning for future years? Uh, because of how fast things are moving and uh, our need to stay current, not only with technology, but um, the most efficient and effective uh, combinations of that. You know, I, I look at some of the, the vendors in our stack currently, and the, the, their capabilities today are dramatically different than the capabilities that they brought when we first uh, you know, started our partnership. Um, and, and to make sure you're staying on that is, is a really important piece because you might not realize that one of your vendors is now doing something that you're paying somebody else to cover and maybe you could reduce your investment um, in two and double down in one or expand with a new te- technology that uh, you could free up through finding that budget. Um, so always trying to balance budget and capabilities. Yeah. But uh, our, 
I'm, I'm confident with our stack. It's a uh, pretty robust and I think it meets most of the needs that we have. Um, really excited to get multi-channel attribution and that'll make a big difference, um, in showing our value, uh, both to get us on some award stages, but also more important than that, uh, to make an impact in our business. I asked the group this week of this marketing leadership exchange that we hosted, um, a couple questions. One was, um, Next year, calendar year, FY18, are you going to spend more, less, or the same amount on marketing technology? I would say about 80 90% said we're going to spend more next year. Um, the only person yeah. who said that they were going to spend around the same amount was saying they were trading off. So they were shifting their spending, some tools they were going to sunset and some new tools they were going to bring in. And a lot of them had the same mindset uh, that you picked up on, which is, you know, create these little incubators within marketing operations to, to test the products and use that. And there are some blog posts that I have written. If you want to head on over, folks, to uh, demandgen.com, I've got one on like the seven food groups of MarTech. So just as Jeff, you know, I never try to really endorse any specific products too much, although there's some I absolutely believe in, passionate about. Uh, but I, I cover it from a category perspective. Um, ones to consider in your stack. And I also wrote about uh, how to vet vendors and the pros and cons of dealing with large vendors or small vendors. So if you're looking for some more ideas on how to pilot technology and where to kind of fill out your stack, um, grab our blog post in those categories. Easy to find now, thanks to uh, the Uberflip deployment. Before we wrap up, uh, Jeff, any key initiatives that you're starting to think about? Right, We're approaching budget season and mapping out goals for next year. What, uh, what insights can you share? If, I, if I'm looking at FY19, one of the things that's really exciting is the uh, the greater partnership we're seeing across the Medtronic organization. It, it's no longer uh, MITG, our business, and our team um, alone, but looking at partnerships with our corporate IT partners, um, folks building out uh, similar capabilities and functions in the other business groups. It's really exciting to see uh, not only our group continuing to change, but the broader Medtronic organization uh, starting to embrace uh, marketing technology stacks, modern marketing practices, um, and uh, that's something that's going to be really exciting to see where that goes in FY19 uh, as the rest of the organization comes because uh, we have a great team, but uh, strength in numbers and the opportunity to just have counterparts to bounce ideas off of uh, in an organization like the size of ours to be able to have that and to have internal sounding boards where you don't have to worry about what you say um, or you know exposing competitive stuff. You can just talk about ideas uh, in a safe space across the org. It'd be really exciting. So looking forward to hopefully that being uh, a, a near-term future reality for us. Awesome. I'm so proud of you guys. You guys are fearless. You never have your heels on the ground. You're always trying new things and and you know don't look at, at at failure as that you look at failure as an outcome of of growth and you um have guys have had tremendous success and really taken this company over the last several years from from how they approached uh the world of, of revenue generation to where you are today and it's it's impressive great team for all of you tuning in uh as you can hear it's been great to have jeff on the program as a former listener and now guest do check out some of the previous episodes that, that Jeff recommended. And if you have suggestions for the program, again, don't hesitate to reach out. But that's going to wrap it up. Jeff, thank you so much. It was great to have you on the program. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, everybody. Make it a great week. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio. 
bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.